0: Welcome to EPRI Unplugged, the podcast of the Electric Power Research Institute. I'm Amy Mills. In this episode, we're revisiting the topic of blockchain. Our first podcast on this topic was in November 2018 as we were kicking off a utility blockchain interest group, or UBIG, led by EPRI's Hannah Davis. Hannah is back with us today along with three special guests, Stephen Goh, Senior Specialist for Research and Development at Con Edison, and C.K. Umachi, expert product manager for blockchain at PG&E, both participants in UBIG. We also have David Gork, managing director at Indigo Advisory, who collaborates with EPRI and consults with utilities. Welcome, everyone.
1: Thanks, Thanks. Ellen. Thank you.
0: We covered a lot of background on what blockchain is in the previous podcast, which I would encourage you to give a listen to. So in this episode, our conversation will focus on utility applications and potential over the long term. So Hannah, I'm going to start with you. Welcome back. Hi, Amy. Thanks very much. And let's talk a little bit more about UBIG. The interest group is bringing together utilities who range from just starting to dip their toes in the water of blockchain to those who are actively doing some pilots and really engaging with it. What results have you seen from this type of collaboration?
2: Yeah, UBIG is a really exciting group. Um, we have over 160 participants in the group from over 60 utilities, both in the U.S. and in nationally. And through our collaboration and just meeting regularly, we've noticed that utilities are looking at, some are researching, and some are testing blockchain. So this level of research really varies. But through UBIG, we're able to open up the discussion so that utilities can learn from one another um, who are maybe further in the testing stage. And during our monthly webinars, we have a guest presenter from a specific utility come on and discuss their activities, which has led to some really thoughtful discussions of the path they took, you know, some challenges they might have encountered along the way, how they selected a specific use case, and then additionally, what groups were really involved with any utility. Um, it's been really interesting also to see the, the level of engagement with pilots and you know who's actually applying blockchain, but then also the level of interest and investment internally. So what different groups are working on blockchain within an organization, how they're working together, and then um, using that input, showing how um, how many different applications can be tested with blockchain. So whether it's an internal process or an external customer-facing application, uh, we've been seeing a lot of collaboration and you know, sharing of knowledge.
0: And I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but what's the most surprising or interesting thing that you've heard from those presentations?
2: I would probably go back to the wide range of just cross-organizational input within a specific utility. Um, even within Ubig itself, it's, we're not—we don't have participants just from one group, say enterprise architecture or uh, more on the IT side. But we also have people from legal, or we have people from internal corporate organizations like finance and HR, or something along those lines. So just to see the broad range of interest. Um, and then how they're coming together to collaborate.
0: And Stephen and CK, you've experienced that firsthand being involved with UBIG. What have you learned from that engagement? Stephen, maybe I'll start with you.
1: Sure. Uh, well, I love the forum. It's a bunch of folks who are doing experiments at various stages as well as people who are coming in and just learning about the topic, right? Um, uh, which is good because it makes me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> um, but mostly learning about what people are doing in, in the prototypes and what they are testing, uh, what use cases are being uh, considered for this technology. So I think those are what, what bring value. Um, a lot of times, uh, use case, um, brainstorming and, 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 uh, going through, uh, picking out where to experiment is it, very, very time consuming. And having a stage or uh, a forum to talk about, like you did, to talk about these, um, use cases and issues and problems uh, really helps, um, to, to speed things up and just get thoughts from people in, in, in one
0: uh, neat type little package. And CK, I'll let you jump in here as well. What has your experience been like in using?
3: Yeah, I, I pretty much echo the, the same sentiments from Hannah and Stephen. Uh, a lot of it for us has really been seeing what else is going out in the, in the space, uh, seeing what other utilities are doing, what other companies are doing, and really seeing like, what people are struggling with. And to Stephen's point earlier, it kind of makes us feel a little bit better on this side. Um, and also seeing where people have been successful and really trying to understand like what other people are doing that's working, um, and a lot of a big part of it's been really market monitoring. So like we kind of have our heads down in the use cases that we've been looking at, but really just staying abreast of what else is going out there uh, for other companies. That like a lot of the same use cases, a lot of these, a lot of the same similar utility companies are going to be looking at a lot, a lot of similar use cases. So if we're not currently working on it, you can uh, use use cases. Uh, opportunities to really see what else is going on uh, going on out there without having to actively be engaged in. It.
0: And what applications are you looking at for PG&E? Where do you see blockchain being used?
3: Yeah, so we uh, we have some kind of short term and long term uh, use cases that we're that, that we're looking at. Um, so I guess kind of taking a step back. So our team even started looking at uh, blockchain in general because my uh, former boss Lydia Cresta. Well, shout out to her. She was actually on this podcast last time and I think she did the first user presentation. So I want to give her a shout out. But so she was part of our corporate strategy team. Um, and they started really just thinking about what technologies or trends could potentially like disrupt us or that we should be aware of as we're, as we're moving forward in the energy and utility space. Um, so blockchain obviously came up as one of those. So she started the team uh, over here to really start to look at how we could utilize blockchain uh, in our business, at least on the short term, and really start to monitor it for the long term. Um, So we have some short-term use cases that we're actively exploring. So one of them, and the main one that we're exploring right now is around carbon credits. Um, But also long-term, we're really just looking at what those other use cases are that are kind of – a lot of people in the the space are talking about, so microgrids, uh, peer-to-peer transactions, vehicle-to-grid integration. So, We're not there with those yet, but we're definitely monitoring and and start and trying to stay up to up to date with what's going on in the space.
0: When you're talking about applications such as peer-to-peer credits or exchanges, obviously that's going to involve the customer. Do you see there being communication and learning in that aspect as far as educating people about what blockchain is and how they can potentially use it?
3: Absolutely. That's going to, that's going to be, uh, crucial. Uh, adoption is going to be one of the big things. If you just talk about the entire blockchain space in general, adoption is definitely one of the, the topics that you'll hear, uh, most about. We are kind of focused on some specific use cases that are less so individual customer facing, but more so business customer facing. So we're, because we're more so, uh, starting with pilots that are focused on, uh, kind of B2B transactions. So working with some other enterprise companies, some other, uh, Talk small to medium businesses. Those are the kind of people that we're, that we're starting with, um, but with the understanding that if you want to do some of these longer-term uh, longer term vision uh, pieces, that we'll have to really start to talk to customers, and that's going to be used because you don't want to design something that nobody uses or, I mean, the tech's great, but if you, nobody's going to adopt it or nobody's going to actually be able to use it, it's kind of pointless.
0: That is certainly an important consideration. Um, Stephen, what has been your experience at Con Edison? What are some applications you're looking at there? Are they similar um, to what CK is looking at or completely different?
1: Yeah, the carbon credit one is a, is a, a good one. Uh, we also talked about and we're still talking about that right now, how, how we can use this uh, tool to facilitate tracking carbon uh and maybe even peer to peer uh for the future. Uh and other use cases we're looking at are say, you know, within New York there's a few utilities close to us with we're, we're, we're sharing um lots of information we have common uh customers and sometimes we'll have common vendors. And lots of times uh onboarding and sharing information between the, the customers to the to the vendors are not so very easy. It's a process to follow for how you us uh, Con Ed utility and this process to follow for say National Grid, who uh, provides gas in, in certain certain areas in New York City, and for for us to share any of that information right now is is elaborate or uh, some some may call it painful. So if we have this tool uh, that is secure uh, and the customers and vendors and the utilities can share the information that can potentially uh, make the process a lot more efficient. Uh, and it's one of the um, um, top use cases that we identify that we'd like to pursue. Uh, but uh, because we're working with a few other players, some of the business priorities change. Um, so we're, we're sort of still staying on that idea for PBB, I guess, a uh, uh, we would like to revisit and it's um, one of our favorite
0: uh, use cases. And I'll ask this question of both of you. As you've gone through this process, what have you identified as some of the challenges uh, and also some of the advantages of working with
3: blockchain? So I say for advantages, so I guess I kind of piggyback off the specific use cases that we're looking at. Um, so when I mean, talk carbon credits, so we're taking a lot of different data sources from different, uh, like, disparate data sources. So meter data, different kinds of meter data, telematics data from the vehicles, um, information about the grid, whether that be from, like, some centralized databases or from API pools. So being able to kind of pull in all these different data sources in a decentralized fashion, the blockchain really helps you to be able to do that. Now, there's a lot of technical challenges with being able to make all that work, um, but just the concept of being able to kind of pull information from telematic data from an uh, auto company and match that up with utilities grid data without each, each, each entity having to go behind each other's firewall is pretty powerful in the blockchain. So that's one of the cool use cases. Um, also the immutability of the, of the blockchain. So for the regulators who are wanting to be able to drill down into these sessions and make sure everything's above board, that people aren't double counting, um, that people are claiming the number of credits that they say they, that they should, say they should have, Um, The immutable nature of the blockchain makes it a lot more trustworthy for them to be able to drill down into those charge sessions and really understand that, okay, you said that you charged your vehicle here at this time with this amount of load using this kind of carbon intensity and that we can kind of drill down into where all your information was coming from and make sure that that it's accurate.
0: And Stephen, what about
1: you? So one of the big challenges for me is uh, being able to spread the word. Uh, So I think... Uh, in order for people to visualize using this brand new tool is to actually learn about what it does exactly and understand the, the processes uh, because blockchain isn't a very easy concept to understand. So for people to really adopt it, they they really need to learn the, the, the deep, uh, maybe not too deep into it, but understand at the very least the high level, right, like there's, there's almost infinite possibilities of what you could use it for. Uh, but understanding what it can do and all the basics would allow you to uh, use these core concepts to apply it. Right? Uh, for, for us, for instance, uh, uh, looking for the killer app or the use case to apply it to is one of the bigger challenges. Right? Most of the processes, uh, we have tools that address it now today. Uh, being able to think, okay, if we have this new tool what, what are the possibilities? Are, are, we, are we gaining efficiency? Are we gain, gaining new, new capability, uh, uh, giving us different tools in the future? The future is all about a, a more and more uh, diverse energy sources, specifically uh, green resources, and there will be a lot more distributed compared to today, where it's more centralized. And with that said, we're going to have a lot more sensors out there. We're going to have a lot more uh, data coming in, and we'll probably have a lot more processing that is being distributed. Now, all that information is out there distributed. We somehow need to secure it, uh, bring it together, uh, and I think blockchain is is one of the tools as well adapted for that with that said, I'm I'm, I'm excited about it. People have to move with it as well, meaning like the learnings, the the adoption, uh, as well as the market.
0: There's certainly a lot of moving pieces to this, and I want to bring David in on that point. You mentioned that you collaborate with EPRI, David. Um, EPRI has worked with you on surveying 15 utilities and a regional transmission operator I want to talk a little bit about what you learned in that process um, because it was very interesting, The study.
4: Yeah, no, great. And, and, and thanks, Amy. And I think actually what, what CK and, and Stephen touched upon um, really brings the survey results to light in, in many ways, particularly from a U.S. perspective. Um, you know, what, what we did was we, we asked um, European and U.S. to essentially 18 questions um, and um we had several follow-up conversations to draw additional insights and what we were trying to do with this survey was get a utility-led perspective of blockchain because a lot of this market is pushed by vendors and by you know the potential of blockchain that's driven by perhaps other industries like financial services and, and so on and so we were looking for three major things here one is how these organizations are approaching blockchain technologies, um, what the the current landscape of of activities are, and and where utilities really saw value add. Um, And, you know, our major finding is that um, blockchain is gaining traction in terms of interest across the the sector, but but a a lot remains to be defined from from a technical and business application perspective. And I I think that's exactly what what, what CK and Stephen were alluding to, and I really think that that's born out of the fact of um, one of our our, our our findings is that um, across all of the respondents, the the allocation of full time employees to blockchain related activities, the average allocation was two point two employees per utility, and, and that's a fraction of the size of. Of um, you know some innovation or R and D departments in utilities. So if you look at w- what resources are dedicated, I think that 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 kind of came to light as where the technology is at. Actually, it's very much in a in a, a PLC phase or, or or kind of an R and D phase. Um, but it, you know, in general, utilities um, are, are are remaining cautiously cautiously optimistic um, about blockchain uh, and in in general. Amy. Um uh, and you know we're we're seeing some some pretty common themes emerge from the report.
0: Where do you see the
4: barrier for utilities? you know so seventy so percent of our respondents believe that you know uh, the utility blockchain market is is still emerging, right? so um you know that means that utilities believe that, that, that this technology is very much not ready for prime time. Um, and the reason why um, they believe this, and, 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 and CK and Stephen both touched on, on these kind of types of barriers, but our top three reported barriers were around business model uncertainty, um, which means you know how to create an actual business case and to be effective uh, with this with this technology, um, internal culture and organisation. Um, And I think Stephen touched on that point, how do you communicate out if you're a believer in this technology and 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 its core components um, to the rest of the organization? That was number two. And and the third big barrier was was a lack of standardization um, across different types of blockchain platforms. I mean, right now you have, um, you know, Hyperledger Fabric, you've Ethereum, you've got different consensus algorithms, you've different startups, you've public You've private, you've permissions, you've, um, you've a whole lot of different options when, it, when, you, when you're looking at deploying the technology, let alone when looking at the, at the use case. So I think just in terms of US utilities, one of the findings we found interesting was that 70% of, of them expressed awareness towards embracing blockchain because of the lack of in- industry standards.
2: And that
0: was actually going to be my next question. How did the findings differ from Europe and the U.S.? It sounds like standards was probably a big one.
4: Yeah, so there is, there is a difference between, between the activities. Um, so in our survey, three European utilities reported leading live blockchain projects, right? So, so two of those projects were focused on transactive energy or, or wholesale trading energy and um, transactive energy being what, what Stephen alluded to, PCP trading, um, you know, the PV systems um, in, in general. Um, and the third, European utility um, was looking at supporting an existing internal certification process. Um, U.S. utilities responded slightly behind that in, in, in terms of um, um, lives or, or projects that were going into a, a much more mature phase in the innovation cycle. Um, but half of the U.S. utilities did report that they were looking at POCs or doing POCs. Um, and I think what it, you know one of the interesting findings across just looking at U.S. and European utilities is that some organizations have actually deferred or indeed the activity in favor of just monitoring the technology at this point, um, whereas others have... Really, um, decided to, to, to explore this to a, to a full extent. And um, so we, we did see different findings there. And really it depends on the use case. Um, our, our, our top use case, um, that we found, um, utilities were interested in was, was transactive energy or wholesale energy. Um, and that was followed by really cyber security. So looking at device authentication, uh, and looking at how blockchain and its characteristics can address that, um, and then the, the, the two other big use cases that received the, the, the lion's share of, of the votes were managing um, carbon emissions and energy efficiency and demand response. So they were the, the use cases that were actually common between, between the US and European activities and um, utilities, just more, more broadly.
0: So, building off of those use cases, we talked about the barriers, but what are the opportunities? And, Hannah, maybe I'll bring you back in on this one as well. In doing this study, what did you guys find were some of the advantages to blockchain?
2: Some of the things that were noted during the survey definitely were improved efficiency and speed, um, just because of the traceability and transparency that blockchain offers, um, as well as improved cost reductions, possibly, um, from eliminating processes that weren't necessary before um, as we mentioned that there's no longer a need for a centralized authority um, or a third party in in certain cases uh so that could reduce costs and then in some aspects and some use cases there's the opportunity for faster settlement time. so that speed um, and being able to audit and monitor transactions uh on a quicker time scale offers advantages
4: yeah, no, I, 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 that's exactly Hannah, what Hannah just said, is really supported by the data. I mean, the, the top three reported advantages were efficiency and speed, one, uh, improved flexibility, two, uh, and greater transparency, um, and three, I think one of the interesting things that came out from our conversations with utilities was um, there was a appetite for use cases or applications of, of blockchain um, where there's no incumbent infrastructure so where you're you're not looking at you know swapping out a GIS system that takes seven years and hasn't depreciated in value and so on. but the, the value seems to lie in the advantages um, in in where there's a handshake between deploying distributed energy resources, IOT devices, utility analytics. Um, and, the, you know, the, the, the idea of being able to deal with all of that data in a meaningful way across multiple parties. So that, that, that really came out as, as uh, an interesting um, advantage of, of blockchain more broadly. And I, and I think the, the top three advantages that we looked at, um, or, or the utilities reported, um, are kind of supported by that, that conversational finding,
2: um, Amy. Amy.
0: I'm going to bring Steven and CK back in for a second. You've heard David mention an average of 2.2 employees. Does that ring true for you guys?
3: Pretty close over here. So in my team, we have three dedicated employees that are focused on blockchain. There's another group on the other side of the company. Uh, I can't quantify exactly how many of them are over there, but there's another small group on that side as well that are uh, also looking at blockchain. So I guess we're slightly higher on on, on that curve, but no, that sounds about right.
2: Yeah.
1: So – Similar situation here. Um, I'm I'm the full-time employee looking at this, this technology, but not spending full time on the technology itself. Uh, in fact, I spend very little time on this. However, there's a very uh, um, enthusiastic group in in the company where we share emails, uh, like, a, like a distribution list where we share news events, emails, or some interesting use cases that come up. For instance. On any industry, we'll share in this email. We have uh, sometimes a mini discussion, sometimes some friendly exchanges. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're sort of looking at this, and it's exciting, uh, but not a whole lot of resources being
3: dedicated to it. Yeah, similar to the email uh, group, we we have a group over here called the Blockheads that we just meet like once a <laughs> month and we talk about <laughs> blockchain and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fun. We're going to be talking Libra next, so that's that's going to be exciting.
0: Um, Okay, so to wrap this up really quickly, I just want to ask all of you, you know, we're talking about how this is in its infancy, where do you see it going from 2020 and beyond? Where do you think, where do you hope that blockchain will go? Hannah, why don't we start with you?
2: Sure. So I think, as we've seen in the past year, there's been more interest from regulators. So on that aspect, I think as utilities are starting to test and research blockchain, uh, we'll see more and more Regulators getting involved, whether it's just researching the topic, learning more about it, or actually opening a docket, as we've seen in Arizona. Um, I think there'll be heavier interest and more more to come on the standardization issue, as we've mentioned a few times um, on this podcast. And then, I mean, at this point, we're at such a interesting time on the hype cycle where people are starting to actually pilot, test, and get results. So it's a stage of actually getting the results, what do they need, and how can we go forward with them. And, David, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree with Hannah completely.
4: Um, I, I, I'd add, you know, I think as we look at 2020 and beyond, I think blockchain, as it as a technology will, will be viewed as, as part of the broader new technology stack um, for addressing some, some of the industry ongoing transformations and so on and not be viewed as just a, a kind of a panacea itself. So I, I think what will emerge is the uh, convergence solutions, right, Where we'll see... And I am going to get into Silicon Valley buzzwords now, but we'll see blockchain robotics and artificial intelligence combined into um, solutions that, you know, where you'll see smart contracts be able to execute programs, you know, maybe delivered by AI. And then you'll see blockchain as a trans- transaction management settlement layer. So I think we'll see maturity in the technology sector. The, the other thing I'll add is one of the biggest barriers within the U.S. for utilities adopting blockchain is standards. Um, and what we're seeing is utilities form consortia and, and kind of you know work together because there, there, there are no standards. So, you know, IEEE are currently working on a, an actual energy and blockchain standard. And um, I think work like that is going to be really important because it's going to reduce the risk for blockchain um, as we go forward and, and, and you know, leave utilities in a better position to move from education pilots to actual um, live production daily.
0: Great. Right. And, Stephen, I'm going to come to you. What do you hope will be the future at Con
1: near In the near term, I hope to have a small POCs so people could touch and feel, oh, this is how this technology behaves, this is what it can do from a day-to-day job you know what I could do with this, and then start adopting to other applications where I, I won't be able to even imagine what, what they'll be, probably not even capture on some of these uh, use case brainstorms that we have. And that, that is the sort of future that I imagine and, and hope to, to, to get to in the next few years. And I think this technology can become simpler, uh, and people won't even ask, how does it work. It will be like emails, and, and we just use it.
0: All right, and CK, we'll give you the last word. What do you see in the future for PG&E?
3: Cool. So uh, just in general, I I agree with everything that was said before me. I think uh, the standards are going to be a a big piece. I think infrastructure in in general is going to be a big piece. So a lot of talk about interoperability. Uh, The consortia, people are building like really, really fragmented right now where they're building to their own specifications, but you'll have to kind of really standardize that. Um, But on the PG&E side, we're – Actively exploring use cases, and hopefully we start to get closer and closer to something that's more more so on the live front, um, as opposed to proof of concepts. But we're still in the process of figuring that out. Um, and then long term, I'm excited to see just kind of how the uh, how blockchain gets adopted in the utility space in general. Yeah. Like if we can actually start using it, using it for micro grids, um, peer to peer transactions, if that's something that actually materializes, and how uh, PG&E can actually leverage the technology in, in, in some of these cases. So excited to see what the future takes out like.
0: Well, it sounds like we might have a good start on a third blockchain podcast. Stay tuned. That may be coming (laughs) in another year. So thank you to my guest today. And if you'd like to learn more about the blockchain assessment that David discussed, you can download that white paper on our website, epri.com. Until next time, we're shaping
2: the future of electricity.